finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, NBA fans are throwing things at NBA players, and they're sick of it. A Boston Celtic fan threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving, which was a huge favor for Kyrie Irving. He's in court today, the fan, not Kyrie. We will talk about that, and we'll get into Kamala Harris's tone-deaf tweet on Memorial Day and what Memorial Day really is all about, which apparently the vice president does not know, does not understand. Also... They got a replacement at Premier Networks for Rush Limbaugh, and it's two guys. Two guys are stepping in Rush's shoes. We will discuss whether that's going to work or not. And we're going to know a lot more today on the Callahan Podcast, brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they can help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term, the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA. Membership required. All right, Callahan, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. It is Tuesday, June 1st. I love June. It's just, I'm so so glad we got to June. And we're not, we're not wearing masks and we're not distancing and we're not all staying in our homes, except maybe, except maybe Cullinane. I'm not sure about him. Oh, I went to, I went maskless to Home Depot this weekend. So round of applause for me in the, yep. Round of applause for me in the YouTube comments, please. If you don't mind. I don't don't think your uh, new boss is going to like that if you're dead in two weeks, you know, (laughs) but um, I hope everyone had a great Memorial Day, or as uh, our vice president calls it, a long weekend. (laughs) And, or our president calls it, I hope everyone stays cool this weekend. 
there are, I mean, you could say what you want about Donald Trump. There are people who, you know, obviously hate everything about him. He drives them nuts. And there are people who hate George Bush. And God knows I didn't, wasn't a fan of Obama. But is, has there ever been, Tom Shattuck, a more tone-deaf administration than this one? I mean, obviously, the, the media slobbers all over them regardless of what they say or do. But there was not a lot of defense for Kamala Harris, if you missed it, tweeting out a picture of herself smiling and says have a great long weekend and i was one of millions she got so ratioed on this saying why is it long why is why is there you know a day off on monday what does that day mean you don't have to uh you know go real deep into it and and, and pretend that you're profoundly affected by memorial day but you do have to acknowledge why that day is uh, set aside, you know, what we commemorate on that day. And I know she made up for it later because her comms team probably grabbed her or, or her assistant, whoever tweeted that and said, what the hell are you doing? Have a great long weekend. <laughs> <clears throat> Jerry, I have a guy, I have a friend uh, who, who yeah. actually went to, who went to Annapolis, who was part of the Top Gun program, whose son just graduated from Annapolis. Wow. We just had dinner with him two weeks ago in, we couldn't, they told us not to bring up that Kamala was going to be speaking at his graduation. Oh, yeah. graduation. It and was what you'd expect, though. You saw some clips of it, right, where there was just an uncomfortable cackling at right. nothing. Some and, bad joke about social right. justice and economic uh, equities, inequity, and it, it, you're right. And then, of course, she just cackles to herself for a while, and these cadets must have been thinking, like, Jesus Christ. Can't we just get? Can we do have a do over? Can anybody else give us a speech? Just two minutes of something. Just get us, you know, Oliver North or something. Right. Us, uh, you know who they could get, and this uh, I, I tweeted about it over the weekend. I can't recommend it enough. Even though Memorial Day is over, I think people can do themselves a favor and read the thread by Johnny Joey Jones. If, if you don't know who Johnny Joey Jones is. He's a Fox News contributor. Uh, he's on, you know, various shows. I think he was on that uh, show with his four women and a guy in the middle, you know, yeah. outnumbered uh, yesterday. But he's a veteran. He lost both uh, a Marine, lost uh, both his legs in uh, in Iraq, and uh, and he's a stud. He's all jacked, and he's uh, really he's kind of good looking guy and and an articulate guy. So he's on TV a lot, and he's good. He's really good on 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 a lot of topics. But he has a thread that I think he posted Sunday and it just starts off says, I, I, I don't drink or I can't drink anymore. Cause when I drink the ghosts come out, the ghosts are all the people he served with all the men he served with who lost their lives over there. And he gets into a long explanation of how he gets, you know, he, he can't ex escape it. He can't drink. Cause if he does, you know, he, he gets haunted. And then he, at the end of the thread, he just starts posting the, bios of the friends he had who died over there died in combat and it's unbelievable it ends with his best friend who didn't die in combat who came home had ptsd badly and bad and uh, committed suicide his best friend his whole life uh, and i think another, a fellow marine it's the greatest most intense you know most uh, uh, uh heart-wrenching thread you will ever read and it stood in such contrast to some it's not just kamala harris but lots of people who had, you know, just the, uh, just the uh, gratuitous, you know, let's remember everybody, uh, you know, let's see you know, on this one more that, you know, as we as eat and drink to excess, but this is this more than anything I've ever read, uh, kind of hit 
uh, the 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 right tone in that it was solemn, it was sad, it was it was a, a tra uh, uh, tragic, and it was and it, it explained what the hell the day was about, what the hell the holiday was about, and so I recommend anybody go back. Joe, it's, it's his name is Joey Jones on uh, on Twitter, and he's excellent. Yeah, and you don't, you know. It <clears throat> these wars and the the casualties of these wars, you talk about like a, a legacy of of um, disadvantaged um, of people people, but you know you're losing family members, young fathers whose mothers you know are 24 years old, unborn kids, etc. I'm sorry, just uh, the kids weren't born and then the dad died. I mean, this entire legacy's changed because of these wars, and it's remarkable. It's remarkable right. what happens. Thankfully, the, the armed forces are supportive of each other, but it's freaking brutal. What a brutal, brutal situation where just young kids get just stolen away um, and, you know, just their lives change forever. And, like, like you and I, Jerry, we had dads who like played hardball with us, you know, and showed us how to throw a curveball and hit the ball. Imagine like not having that guy, not having right. a guy tell you how to clean a fish, how to fish, do anything. Any of the guidance how to is just sucked away from you immediately and it's like you're i think that there's too much of this i i love i love that we had hot dogs and beer and all that stuff and that's great but man it should hurt a little bit memorial day it that's should. true and this this is exactly right Shattuck. that's this hurt a little bit to read this and you're i always think what did we i hate to say it because it insults the people who, who died there or lost limbs there but what exactly did we accomplish you know when you see video or photos of, of Normandy of, of, you know, 90% of the guys in the first uh, wave of boats that hit the beach at, at Normandy died 90%. And if you saw, I, I, I retweeted another photo of the scared faces of those guys as they're about to hit the beach and they're, you know, 17, 18 years old, they're children and they're going to, and they're dying, you know, to stop, you know, to, to stop Hitler, to, send, to save the world. So you really say, you know, we lost a lot of guys, on that beach and in that war, but they did it to save the world. And mm -hmm. I often wonder if you're Joey Jones or you name it, or if you're uh, you know Robert O'Neill or any any prominent veteran, I see them and I wonder, do they think it was worth it? You know, when you hear it, there's an unbelievable video, and you can find this too, uh, Colony, because Joey Jones, I think, tweeted out himself. I also retweeted it of him after he he was in the hospital. His legs are gone. And he's got interviewed, and he's obviously much younger. It was uh, whatever it is now. Um, in a year, I don't know what year. I do think two thousand six or seven. And he's talking about how, you know, he's lucky because so many of his fellow Marines died over there, and he has a second chance at life. He's talking about being lucky after losing both legs in this war. And as you look back, do you have something come to mind immediately of what we won? in that war or why that war was worth it? Cause that would be my, if I were him, I'd be wondering that every day. Was it worth it uh, yeah. for the country? And a lot of times the first reaction, if you talk to these guys, the first reaction of these guys who've lost limbs is I want to get back in. I want to go right now, right, right in, back in with my guys. That's it. It's crazy. And we, you know, we used to do a uh, Fisher house, like radiothons, et cetera. And that was the one thing that all of them, none of them didn't want to go back with their units and get back in there. And that's why you, you talk about, like, um, when these guys, when these units get, these guys lose <clears throat> their brothers, 
it, why they come back and they have the survivor syndrome, you know, and they kill themselves is that they're they're missing a, a real appendage. Like these guys are part of them and they've died. A lot of times they've, you know, saved these guys and, to, you know, you see them and they're all shaking up. A lot of these these guys who who whose units have been wiped away and the suicidal guys are just they're broken. You can tell. I mean, we've had we've had I've interviewed the guys who have the, the dogs that keep them alive. They the the. Um, the therapy dogs and these vets are just simply broken. Some of them are teary eyed and the dogs keep nudging them so that they, they, the, the vets don't focus on the pain. The vets focus on the dog. Right. So it's like, it's crazy. The default for these guys is to just shut down and quit for and some you know, of them. They, you know what else they have in common? I think, uh, I mean, obviously not 100%, but invariably when you hear from guys like that, they don't want to be, they don't want us as a country, as a nation to be there any longer. I mean, particularly in Afghanistan, when you, when that subject comes up, the only people, you know, in favor of staying there indefinitely are, you know, Liz Cheney and, 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 and Billy, Bill Crystal or, or David French, the people who fought and, and, and bled there. They don't want, they, they know how uh, pointless it is as, and we talked about uh, that with Robert O'Neill uh, when we had him on this podcast and I always remember from his book how he was trying to, you know, you, you never knew who you were dealing with and you're dealing with the locals and, you know, the tribe leaders. And, mm-hmm. and he said uh, that he was de- dealing with a guy, I think he was a fairly high ranking, you know, Afghan uh, military guy. And he thought when the sun went down, it was because a dragon blew the, f- the flame out. <laughs> that's, that's how a sun went down. There was a dragon that put the fire out and he's a you know grown man. Yeah with a gun <laughs> fighting alongside, you know, Americans. And you realize at that point, just how, uh, how primitive their way, the country is in so many ways and how hopeless or pointless it is to think you could change it, that you, to think you can you know, bring democracy in the next, you know, within a couple of years, there'll be a, a Walmart at the end of the road and they'll be having, you know, you know, school committee meetings and, and, uh, you know, the, a thriving, capitalist system it just they the people who are there know better than anyone how how, how futile that is and yeah. i you know i hope they hope we all you know, on i guess it's going to be on september 11th because <laughs> you know they want to make it they want to make it uh, symbolic but i'm not sure why you have to wait till september 11th to pull out of afghanistan why we can't do it today why we can't do it immediately but uh the people were there and and fought and and uh, and, and bled there. They're the ones mostly who want to get out the most, who know how hopeless it is the mo- more than any of us. Right. So, you talk about building a democracy, Jerry. One Marine I talked to who was in Afghanistan said that most of the people he encountered, the locals had never heard of Afghanistan. They had no idea. It's simply tribes <laughs> and oases. And, you know, it's a dust bowl. It's not, a, it's not anything you can, that you can make a, a thriving uh, democracy out of, you know, that said, I don't, I do not like, us abandoning someplace when we've promised that we're not going to it's like how many times are we going to do this it's, it's usually democratic administrations you know that, are, that we just pulled out we're gone now see you later you know i guess i guess maybe it's the in vietnam it wasn't just democratic administration it was republicans who technically did it but i mean we leave we promised the people we we're going to stay we've got your back we leave they all get slaughtered and it happens again and again and again well I'm, but but what's your solution how long do you want to stay there i'm using afghanistan as an example do what when does it end i mean you can't just have an endless presence in afghanistan what 
I think we can have a presence in Afghanistan. Why? <laughs> we just went over how pointless it is. How there well, is no goal. We can nation build there, but I think we can have a military presence there, a limited why? military. Okay, well, why? We can uh, strike out at uh, any burgeoning Al Qaeda like outfits. Oh, stop! It's it's ten thousand whatever miles, eight thousand miles away. I mean, <laughs> there are some places that are just hopeless, and and if if they build an Al Qaeda camp, and we obviously will know it, then bomb it. The war in Afghanistan should have lasted three months, three months until we wiped out all the Afghan, you know, Al Qaeda camps. Uh, and, 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 and we did it. I mean, it was done in like 10 weeks. Then we say we're done here. If they rebuild, we'll come back from the air and bomb it. We shouldn't have people on the ground in indefinitely. Are you insane? That, that is, I mean, I realize there's not a lot of people dying uh, you know, these days. There, it's not like, uh, full-on combat every day but again there's no point there's no goal and, and, why do you want to be why not be in every every country that has potentially you know a a, a uh, militant terrorist uh, presence there what you know why why shouldn't we be everywhere why should i mean we are, Terry. We're <laughs> everywhere. you know what at some point it has to end and again you go back to the people who serve there I wonder who's would uh, who's joining these days. Like, uh, are people reluctant? Young people, 18, 17 year old, because most of them, you know, they're from down south. You know, they're good old boys. They uh, they are the ones who'd sign up and join and fight and die more than we do, more than people do in New England or, you know, in, in you know San Francisco or wherever. But uh, are they looking at it now? Because we know there's there's this. Uh, woke presence in the military now we know they're you know demand they're, they're checking guys tattoos and and facebook pages to make sure they're not wearing maga hats um uh, is this gonna uh, scare some people kid young guys away from joining the military and will it will it weaken the military yeah. over time the ones who don't get screened out for believing there were election regularities uh, yeah who's left I, I don't know you saw the ad campaign you know lily has two mommies she's got an extraordinary experience Right. And that, that, that was that was amazing. And and it's one of many. And it's, it stands in stark contrast to uh, China and Russia. Right. And, well, most other countries who are uh, or this country used to be. I mean, it's as uh, as Rush Limbaugh always said, the military is there to kill people and break things. That's, yes. you know, that's their job. Not anymore, but that, that's not right. Social engineering. That's a point. It's not anymore, though. It is. It is literally social engineering in every part of government. We've seen this, and that's who they want. They want this place to be saturated with progressive, woke-thinking people who will make changes from the inside. So You know, what, you know why that's more frightening, Shattuck? You know why that is so frightening? Because it used to be that one thing that they couldn't get, they couldn't touch. Yeah, they could, obviously, they infiltrated. And I'm talking real radicals. I'm talking, yep. you know, Kamala Harris uh, you know, Susan Rice, radicals, uh, Liz Warren, uh, Ayanna Presley, radicals. They could get to, you know, academia and Hollywood and big tech and media. Uh, they, they, you know, they had their tentacles in education clearly, but they couldn't get the military and it happened pretty quickly. I mean, they, you know, the election was just, you know, five months ago and you hear uh, every day about uh, something else that's being taught or being foisted upon Mm -hmm. our, you know, our, our, our military, whether it's at military academies or in, you know, uh, in the, you know, in, in the Pentagon or wherever they're, they're, they're,
they got to them. And I don't know if they'll prevail and it'll become as woke as, uh, you know, uh, uh, education has or as woke as big tech, but they're, they're there. There is no last refugee for uh, you know, traditional American values. <laughs> and, no. and by the way, by the way, the military was always the, the standard for uh, color blindness in terms of race relations. It was always a place where they, you know, you fought shoulder to shoulder with guys and you didn't care, you know, what color they were or what religion they were. It was, you know, that was something the military was very proud of and for good reason. And now they're, you know, they're going to no more of that. Now we have to divide you by races and you have to know if you're white, that you're racist. And if you're black, you're a victim. You must learn critical race theory. They got, they got to the, uh, to the military, which is kind of sad when you think about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, the days of the military breaking you down and building you up from scratch, those are over. The values you come in with now, especially the values that are implicitly in you due to your skin color or how you identify, those are sacred now. Those are more important than the, the institutions of the military, the standards of the military. No, the fact that you go by he, they is very <laughs> important. It must be cultivated in the military. And, you know, that that's it. You know, the... the um, the days of, you know, somebody, um, you know, slapping you for crying because you're shell shocked. Uh, I think those are. Those are <laughs> I, uh, yeah. And I just wonder, you think of some guy again, 17, 18 years old, getting out of high school in, uh, you know, Greenville, Greenbow, Alabama, like Forrest Gump. Does he say, I'm not going, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not going there. I got a tattoo of an American flag on my arm. Uh, uh -oh. you know, I, I go in there, they're going to, you know, I'm going to get uh, targeted and uh, they're going to come after me or maybe they won't get promoted or maybe they'll just make my life difficult. I think I'll, you know, do something else uh, with my life. I wonder if it's reached that point again. It's still early. I didn't think it would happen so quickly, but let's be honest, uh, you know, the Biden administration, they're determined to completely, as, as Obama used to say, fundamentally transform this country. And that includes the military. And maybe that's part of the reason, you know, Kamala Harris is tweeting out pictures of, you know, of herself smiling and laughing and saying, have a good long weekend. Or Joe Biden, by the way, and this went under the radar because of Kamala, Joe Biden, and back to the tone deafness of our of this administration, tweeted out a picture of him eating ice cream with a young girl, a, a, a like, I don't know, 10, like a 12-year-old girl. And this was on the heels of him ogling an eight-year-old at another speech when he talked about her legs. It was so bizarre. I, it, it is. We all know he's got a history of you know saying creepy things and sniffing hair. But when you do that, in in in, it takes a few minutes to you know write a speech or to to, to uh, compose a tweet, and there's no. Uh, alarm going off in your head saying, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't talk about the eight-year-old girl's legs or tweet out a picture of how old would you say that girl is? Maybe 12, 13? Maybe. Of him alone with a 12 or 13-year-old you know, getting an ice cream. That's what he tweets out on Memorial Day weekend. It's just bizarre. And and you could you could find it, Colin A, when he says, look at the way she crosses her legs. And you don't know at the time who he's talking about. You find out later she's eight years old. What? Yeah. Why are you talking about an eight-year-old girl's legs, Mister? And that's President? his own—that's his own weird, creepy peccadillo, the eight-year-old. But that tweet right there with the ice cream—that's a communication shop that does that, and that's by design. That's by design to take nationalism out of the long weekend, Jerry, 
and to take pride in your own country out of the long weekend and to make uh, Memorial Day and Memorial Day weekend into a cultural phenomenon about food. It's a cuisine-centered <laughs> weekend. Make it about, make it about prepubescent uh, uh, girls. So that's what you want to make it about if you're Joe Biden. Um, it's it was bizarre. The speech the speech was bizarre, and it is funny because I you know I tweeted about it and you did, and we and lots of people talked about it, and you get the people who they they want to pretend it's not really happening. You know, no, uh, he just he was just trying to be nice. Uh, what about what about Trump? The time Trump said something about you know Ivana Ivanka. Oh, yeah, just, we're talking about a 78-year-old man talking about an 8-year-old girl's legs in a speech in front of a big crowd. That That's a little weird. And if you're a Biden fan, that should concern you. That he can't control that peccadillo, as Tom Shattuck says, that, that odd little peccadillo. You can't control that in front of a crowd with a camera on you. It's it is not just weird. It is just bizarre. It is very bizarre that the, the, the president can't uh, can't just rein that little hmm, peccadillo in for the moment. But, uh, you know, um, <laughs> maybe he will. Maybe he's working on it, Chaddock. Maybe it's a, a work in progress. Well, they don't like him to talk, he said. Remember? They don't like me That's coming right. out. Right. Get in trouble. <laughs> they don't like me. He, no, I mean, he's an odd, he's an odd, I mean, he's a bizarrely odd man. If you look at his career from the beginning, first of all, claiming that he was part of the civil rights movement where he never was completely stealing the life histories of other people, which is crazy. And, you know, his political career essentially ended twice before he got here. And then there's the other allegations, you know, this terror read and, uh, and, um, you know, just what you've seen, just the handsy stuff. He's an odd guy. And, you know, we, we, you, you've heard from, you know, some police, some members of law enforcement, including somebody who was uh, a hero of the post um, the post marathon bombing, you know, having Biden hit on his wife. So this- <laughs> it, it is so it's so bizarre. And I mean, obviously, he's got uh, I'm going to send these since I, I don't know if he took a it, it, nodded off. I'm going to send these uh, cuts to Cullinan. So maybe he'll, uh, you know, like, God, I was trying to listen to her in the background. You could barely make it out. But here he is talking about I love those threats in her, man. I tell you what, look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with a, like a little lady in her legs. Brittany, you're doing triple duty. <laughs> what the hell is that? In the middle of a speech, talking about an eight-year-old girl who looks like a little lady with her legs crossed? Uh, very strange, very strange. But uh, that's our commander-in-chief on uh uh, even on Memorial Day, where he went to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and laid a wreath, he was talking about, you know, equity and racial justice. And that's, you know, that's that's what everything is about for the next uh, three and a half years, at least, uh, sadly. Did you know that Shea Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining all systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they man- manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've been around them when they say that. Shea Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes 
designs, and textures to meet your retaining wall needs. So whether you need a residential, a commercial, or an industrial application, Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design, site walks, and installation. Let Shea show you the way. Call Shea Concrete at 800-696-SHEA. That's 800-696-SHEA. Or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. Couple things here. Well, you know, we're gonna we got to get to uh, the fan, the unruly fans all across sports. Shattuck, the unruly fans uh, are are uh, attacking the players uh, on the court. In the as as Jason Williams said on ESPN, I was watching this morning. Said, "We are not animals in a zoo." He sounded like uh, you know uh, Charlton Heston uh, screaming, uh, "We are not animals!" And he's got a point. There are people. And I think there's a number of factors in this the num- uh, of why there are more aggressive, unruly fans, more aggressive, unruly incidents. And there were four in the last you know, few days, last week. And the most uh, notorious, at least in Boston, was the fan who threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving. And I'm seriously contemplating coming out in favor of throwing things at Kyrie Irving. You know, there's been a lot of condemnation of the fan whose name is Cole Buckley. And if you want to know about Cole Buckley, just go to Turtle Boy because you knew you knew Turtle Boy would, uh, would find out everything there is to know about Cole Buckley, a 21-year-old uh, student wearing a Kevin Garnett jersey with nothing under it, just a tank top because that's what you do when you're a drunk college student. But he threw a water bottle at Kyrie, and he missed. And I know the police said it grazed him. He missed. And he's... He will be in court this morning, and he will do more time than any other any other uh, Antifa scum who burned the church uh, next to the White House a year ago. Yesterday, I believe, was the anniversary. He'll do more time than any of the Antifa scum that have tried to burn the federal courthouse in Portland every day for like a year. Um, he might. Yeah, um, I was looking at some of the. Um, some of the uh, um, sentences in the malice at the palace, that's the most famous, most infamous incident of fans uh, attacking players and players going after fans. Uh, when Ron Artest went into the stands and a number of other players did, one fan got 30 days in jail, the rest got probation. So one fan did a month in jail. I wouldn't be shocked if Cole Buckley of Braintree Mass gets a month for throwing a water bottle and missing Kyrie Irving. I think I don't care if they can. I, I was just joking about defending him. He could go away for a month. I don't care. It's like, it, it, it's not. It's, it's, you care? It's absurd. A ch- a charging him with assault and but, but here's that's true with a, da- with a dangerous weapon. Since when is a water ball a dangerous weapon? It's so dumb. Somebody tweeted this this morning. They show Kyrie take a basketball and fire it into the stands. I think that would hurt more than a water, half-filled water bottle, to be honest with you. A basketball right in the face, that could hurt. Anyway, you know, why isn't that a dangerous? How's a, how a water bottle, half-filled water bottle, a dangerous weapon? Isn't that kind of uh, 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 you know, <laughs> an insult to dangerous weapons? You know, to real dangerous weapons? To say also, that an asshole drinks water during a Celtics game. <laughs> well, I think it was late, so he'd already had a few. You know how it is. After you get a few in you, I want a little water to hydrate. And at least he didn't waste a good beer. That would have been more insulting, wouldn't it? Uh, but but he, he, you're, he, you're right. He's an asshole. I said this to Cullinane this morning before we started recording. I said, I say this all the time, by the way. Hecklers are all assholes. By definition, if you're a heckler and you're in the stands just heckling a player, even if it's a 
dick like Kyrie Irving. The people around you just get tired of it. They don't like you. You know, they, they don't, they're sick of hearing it. It's like something wrong in your life. If you go to the park and spend the whole night, just heckling a player. I said this, you know, when Adam Jones made up that story about the, the fan, when, uh, when, uh, Tory Hunter made up the story about the fans at, at Fenway, you know, yell, chanting the N word, obviously he's, he's making it up. And today, and I, I want to get to, to, to the other incidents as well as the, the bottle throwing, but today we have more evidence. Wouldn't you agree, Cullinane, that nobody at Fenway yelled the N word to Adam Jones and nobody at Fenway yelled the chanted, chanted the N word to Tory Hunter. Why? Because this fan, Cole Buckley, 21 years old of Braintree, um, son you're, of a doctor, you're, 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 you're of a doctor right. yep. fair Academy grad, which which costs fifty two thousand a year, as Turtle Boy points out. I mean, this is a, a this is a privilege, white privilege. Uh, you're going to hear all about it. You know, entitled, you know, young punk, and he is, and he'll gonna he'll be overcharged and oversentenced today. But you know how they knew right away it was him. They didn't have to go to the videotape. All the people around him pointed it out. Said that's the guy. Because he threw a water bottle. Now I ask you, and I'm I'm talking to you know not obviously the lunatics of the editorial page of the Boston Globe or or uh, Ayanna Presley fans. I'm talking to people, reasonable people. Do you really think if that if Cole Buckley instead of throwing a water bottle had yelled the N word at Kyrie Irving that everybody in that section wouldn't have pointed him out? Do you really believe that? Because if you do. That's that's ridiculous. We know that. Then you would have to apply the same logic to Fenway when, you know, as Michael Chase said, 34 people yelled the N-word at, uh, at Adam Jones. An absolute lie. And this is what we talk about every time. It drives me insane. And again, why does, why does it take one retired player, Kevin Garnett, and one um, another retired player, Cedric Maxwell, why does it take them to defend the fans? Because when one guy acts out, that happens in a number of places. And again, we'll get to it. In one week, it happened in a lot of places. But the other, whatever it is, 17,000 condemn it. Not only do they condemn it, they point him out to security, to the police, and the police arrest him, and they, and they, and they boo the guy, and they, and they taunt the guy who threw the bottle. And he, I, don't, by the way, I don't think I would point him. I don't think I would point him out. Maybe. I don't know. I'm questioning it. If he, if he said what Adam Jones is, is accusing people of saying, I would point that guy out in a heartbeat. Good, that's that's a good point. Bottle. I'm probably throwing water bottles. Isn't what Adam Jones accused the fan of and Tory Hunter worse? Than throwing a water bottle in this day and age, I would say yes. I would say that, well, that they're, is, well, they're combining it though. Now this is an act of racism and physical. Not they. Assault. He is anyone else supporting Kyrie Irving? Who? Who? And and again, the big problem I have with Cole Buckley and and uh, and again, he's going to get sentenced. I think today's in court this morning. Um, the big problem I have is he did the biggest favor that you could possibly do for Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. I mean. Kyrie Irving won. I mean, not just the game, and he was terrific in that game. He is a great, great player, and he's a total dick. That's Kyrie Irving. I mean, uh, if you want to boo him, go nuts, because I don't think I've seen many players who deserve to be booed more than Kyrie Irving. But this was such a gift, such a gift to Kyrie Irving, what Cole Buckley did. If he just got booed and heckled and whatever, 
and stomped on the logo. You know what we'd be talking about, Colony? We'd be talking about him stomping on the logo and how that pissed off Kevin Garnett and pissed off Cedric Maxwell. And you know what the media would be doing? They'd be asking other guys, did you? Did that piss you off? Is Kyrie that big a dick that he goes out of his way to stomp on a logo? Well, according what? to some of them in the media, it pissed off Cole Buckley so much that he threw a water bottle because he stomped on the Celtics logo. He waited because it happened after. So, but, I mean, but I, are we sure? Are we sure that he saw it and everything? Because it is kind of subtle. They're all out shaking hands and talking, and he stomps no. on the logo. I mean, in real time, do you? If you're in the arena, do you know what he's doing? Do you see it? I mean, are we sure that was a was a reaction to the the logo stomp? It was on social media. Oh, we don't know. We don't know any of this shit. Right. Everybody's right. back and forth. Everybody's like, "Oh, how drunk was the kid?" Well, nobody knows yet how drunk the kid was, unless somebody wants to come out and say they're sitting next to him and he was blackout drunk. Like nobody has any details. The kid's an asshole. Either way, it doesn't really matter how you slice it. He's a dick. It was just a water bottle. There you go. Historic racism in Boston. Right. It says the kid chose one of the few black players to throw a bottle. <laughs> I mean, you throw a bottle you mean, at, at a, an imposing player. I mean, I, except for that, that the, the three point shooter guy with the, with the, with the must, the beard, I forget his name now. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to throw it at the opposing player, you're probably throwing it at a black guy. What does it have to do with racism? It's just the only element of racism was introduced by Kyrie Irving, who for some reason right. hates Boston, hates the Celtics, and he knew he knew he could uh, get uh, um, add the element, the 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 most vile, despicable thing he could do. You could do, you could make it racist. Whether you're being booed, heckled, or bottles thrown at you, it's all about race. It's absurd, and 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 we can prove it. You know why? Because they spit on Trey Young in. Uh, New York. They spit on him. What do you guys think is worse? Throwing a, a half-filled water bottle and missing, by the way, or spitting on someone? I know neither really hurts. It's not like you're getting a dart thrown at you like Chris Chambliss did when he was in <laughs> with the Yankees at Fenway. <laughs> and, and we talked about this last week. He actually had a dart that stuck in his leg. I think he was on foot. I mean, those times have changed. Yeah. That, and I don't think that fan was identified or charged or banned for life. But I think four fans last week in the NBA were caught. They all, you know, attacked players with various substances, popcorn, water bottle, spitting. To me, spitting's the worst. I mean, it's just personal. It's just degrading. It's despicable. Oh. Well, they caught the guy. Dangerous droplets, Jerry. But they caught the guy, kicked him out, banned him, and no charges were filed. And Trey Young said he didn't want to file charges. So... Is this up to Kyrie Irving if today when he goes to court, if Irving doesn't want to press charges, does that mean Cole Buckley walks? Because that's what happened in New York. Anyway, do we hear Stephen A. Smith talking about racism in New York? Do we hear Max Kellerman or anyone else? Do we is is the Boston Globe writing about how racist New York is because someone spit on Trey Young? Who but, is it, but in fairness. But in fairness, there wasn't a player who teed up that conversation the way Kyrie teed it up for this weekend. I know, but 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 don't we all realize why Kyrie Irving did it? He didn't do it because he really thinks it was racist. He did it because he wants to paint the, everyone in Boston with a broad brush, and he wants to to uh, to, to insult the whole city. That was yeah. his goal. Yeah, uh, you 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 mentioned D Day earlier, Jerry. That's what he was doing last week. Kyrie was softening up the audience. You know? <laughs> Right. Like with and he was, 
by the time he got there, everybody would be so freaking shocked and on edge that you know they'd be they wouldn't harass him. He's but, gonna, but, but and we were talking about this before. Colin and I were talking about like where you know where's Jamel Hill? Maybe the holiday. You know, it was a long weekend after all. Maybe she was busy. She'll get to it today. You know, where's uh, you know Sean King was tweeting about it, and all the usual race hucksters are 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 uh, chiming in, and they're uh, injecting race for one reason because Kyrie did. There's nothing racist about throwing a water ball at a player. I mean. He was wearing Kevin Garnett's jersey. I mean, the guy obviously likes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if the conversation goes to more. It starts to include basically the country as a whole now because it's happened to four players. All four were black. Right, right now, right. The, we're we're not. Are we not going to talk about the league is primarily dominated by black individuals? I, well, I, somebody. I, I saw someone write this, and I forget who over the weekend they said they attacked uh, three. The players who were attacked are either black or mixed race. So they're like checking boxes. I think like Trey Young is mixed race. And so he he counts as you know, a person of color. It's so ridiculous. Of course, the players are going to most likely be black. It's the NBA. But it's hard to reconcile a guy, you know, paying a fortune, going to a game, you know, pouring his heart and soul into it, wearing the jersey and saying, he just doesn't like black guys. <laughs> well, if he didn't like black guys, then he would have thrown the bottle at the Celtics <laughs> and given them hell if that was his main motivation. But they know it's BS. And that's why Kyrie said before he got into town that, you know, you know, if there's going to be subtle racism, usually right. there's subtle racism. Subtle words, if there's no bottle thrown. He's going to see something anyway. You know, so he doesn't, he doesn't like black guys, but he likes the black guys that play for his team. You know, like that's what, it, it right. makes no right. And the um, I don't even know if the fans. Uh, like to dump the popcorn in Philadelphia, they dumped popcorn on, on Russell Westbrook and he went nuts. He was pissed. And then he was talking about it after the game was the reaction. Philadelphia must be racist because they've dumped popcorn on a black player. I don't <laughs> think so. It's only in Boston. It's only because, and, and again, Kyrie's a dick. Kyrie did this for a reason. There's nothing to do with racism. He did it because he hates Boston. The problem is, He's as you one of you guys just said. He's teeing it up for the usual people, the the Globe editorial uh, staff, and and uh, and 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 Max Kellerman and and Stephen A. He's teeing it up for those people who he knows will take the bait, uh, and um, some have already. Uh, as we pointed out, was it was it Sean Young tweeting about this? Uh, the pretend black activist, uh, Sean Young. Sean Young, Sean King, Trey Young, Sean King, Sean King was uh, tweeting about this and, and uh, Stephen A was talking about it. It is absurd to think just because it was a black player that it has anything to do with racism, but it was, you know, a great, great gift to Kyrie Irving, which is why Celtics fans have a problem with what, what Cole Buckley did for two reasons. One, it's it's stupid. It's it's illegal. It's it, it looks bad. But two, it is exactly what Kyrie Irving was hoping would happen. Exactly. It's unfortunate, you know, that sports has come to a lot of this, uh, you know, kind of crossroads where you're seeing a lot of old ways come up. It's been part of like it's been part of that. It's been that way in history in terms of entertainment performers and sports for a long period of time and just underlying racism and just treating people like they're in a human zoo, you know, throwing stuff at people, saying things, you know, there's a certain point where it just gets to be too much. By the way, 
you know, the media's running away with this human zoo stuff, and now it's in like wire copy human zoo. People don't throw stuff at animals in the zoo. Or <laughs> you know, the animals generally. Right. Uh, just the opposite. That see the lady who went in the cage with the with the what animals was she? Monkeys or chimpanzees and to, to feed them, and she was feeding them like candy. She got arrested, but just a good point. You don't throw stuff and taunt and heckle animals in the zoo. And again, how come when Philly fans it's it throw batteries? It's like, oh, they're the toughest crowd to play right. against. Like they're they're edgy over there. But it, if it's Boston does something just silly, like throws a water bottle, it's racism. It's just I don't know. It's all it's all batteries too. And you know, Jerry, were you at any of the games in nineteen ninety nine, the ALCS when the Sox played the Yankees and Clemens versus Pedro and that was so freaking crazy in the stands. You had Red Sox fans throwing drinks point blank at Yankees fans, girls, some of them, like 18 years old, throwing, uh, you know, full drinks at them. Right. And then the cops coming and tossing the Yankees fans for being for being the victim of getting stuck at your head. It is crazy. I've been in the uh, in, in Yankee Stadium, too, when the Red Sox were there out in the bleachers or in the, uh, in the uh, whatever left field grandstands way out there. And it was one of the few times I was nervous, scared, because it was so insane. And I mean, nothing, I've, I've seen nothing worse. I was at the uh, Monday night game in Foxborough in 1982 when they had to ban Monday night games because it was so crazy. And I, and it was nuts. It was scary. There was drunk. It was, I was at the first game in Foxborough at Schaefer Stadium where, you know, everyone was loaded up on Schaefer and it was madness. It was insane. I've told that story before, but. Like one quick example of how insane it used to be that day, that last Monday night game before there was a big hiatus, a guy had a heart attack and an EMT was working on the guy and then a drunk fan took a piss on the EMT who happened to be a female. Um, that was, that absolutely happened. The guy got arrested. I'm pretty sure, but he was so wasted. He took a leak on the EMT who was trying to save a person's life. That doesn't happen anymore. I don't think, I don't think what we saw in uh, in the Boston Garden the other night uh, against uh, compares. I mean the, these and and we mentioned the malice in the palace. How about the the Boston Bruins going into the stands in New York and oh, Milbury beating the guy with a shoe? Would you have? I mean, I hate Kyrie like everybody else does, but would you have had a problem if Kyrie decided, all right, I'm going to go into the stands and knock no. this kid because I wouldn't have? I've oh, always no. I've always supported the players' rights to fight back. Yes. Always, I don't blame them at all. I mean, Westbrook tried to. Uh, it was a little tough, but I, I don't blame him. If they get like a beer thrown on them uh, or spit on. Oh. If Trey Young went after the guy who spit on him, I would defend him 100%. I mean, yeah, uh, Ron, Ron Artest went and beat up the fan. He got, 80, he got, he got an 86-game suspension. Nine players were suspended. He got suspended 86 games for going in the stands. I don't think Mike Milbury... When he beat the guy with the shoe, I don't think there was. Uh, those were the days, man. I don't, I don't remember there being any punishment for that. He might have got like one game. It certainly wasn't eighty-six games. But again, it happens in all these other cities, and only in Boston is race an element, race a factor. What did uh, what did Scott? I didn't even know Stephen A. and uh, Max Kellerman were on yesterday on Memorial Day. But what did uh, Stephen A. have to say about this, uh, Colony? The the racism and all of that stuff that Kyrie alluded to. I also want to point out there's a whole bunch of people in that in that crowd that pointed out the kid who threw that bottle. Okay, so I think that's incredibly important to point out. 
that it wasn't people turning a blind eye and a deaf ear. They were like, oh, no, that was him. And everybody pointed that kid out. And it was a beautiful thing that they did that because that's incredibly important, particularly with Boston and, 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 and its history to some degree, which is what Ty- Kyrie Irving alluded to. Why couldn't why couldn't people have said that during the Adam Jones and uh, and Tory Hunter incidents? That is that is definitely the right take. It's yeah. a right take. I mean, uh, Stephen A. uses so many words that he doesn't need, <laughs> but it is a good point and a good uh, observation on his part. And again, it proves further. I mean, I, I don't need yeah. further proof than you know, like Tory Hunter saying a group of kids chanted the N word and a group of parents laughed and clapped. That's what he said. And as far as I recall, nobody in the Boston media even uh, even laughed, laughed, should have laughed in his face or even, uh, you know, said, that sounds kind of ridiculous, Tory. He was on my old station and they defended him and said, I don't understand, Tory. Why do people, why would anyone think you're lying? They defended him and like dismissed the question of, uh, is this realistic? Is this even possible? It's absurd. And I do want to give uh, credit to my friend Dan Shaughnessy. Uh, here because he wrote about this when Kyrie mentioned racism before the bottle throwing. And he said, Adam Jones claimed somebody threw uh, somebody said the N word to him at Fenway a few years ago. Normally uh, the editors must've taken, had the week off because normally that goes, they take that right out and say, you can't question Adam Jones. Shaughnessy and and this is how twisted things have gotten Chaddock. That took, that took uh, some balls to write Adam Jones, claimed because Chauncey knows it didn't happen. Hell, Sam Kennedy knows it didn't happen. John Henry knows it didn't happen, but you can't go there. You know, you can't question it because that would be racist. So you can't say, Tori, uh, excuse me. That sounds a little crazy. Did anyone else hear this chant? Did any, did you, did, did security do anything about it? Did your teammates, the umps, did anyone else hear it? The question of course is the answer of course is no, and, but you can't even ask that. You can't question these guys. Right. And with, like Stephen A was talking about, at least somebody said, hey, that's the guy over there. Like, there's the noble, that's the guy over there. And there's also the, hey, it wasn't effing me, that's the guy over there. Don't throw me out. You know, And that would have happened with Adam Jones as well, is you would have had people saying, hey, it wasn't me chanting, it's these guys over here. It wasn't you, would have had you would have had 100 people pointing him out to security, saying that's the guy. Because these people are tired of it. They're sick of being being labeled as something they're not by, you know, you know national people, whether it's Michael Che or, or Tory Hunter or whoever, or, or Max Kelman. They're sick of it. And they know it's not true. I mean, talking about the history of the Celtics, the Celtics with Red Auerbeck, the most who was famously colorblind, who had the first black starting five, the first black coach, head coach who broke down all kinds of barriers. And you're going to say the history of the Celtics? I mean, maybe the Red Sox, you could bring up whatever, Pinky Higgins and, and, and Tom Yockey and Jackie Robinson, you can bring that stuff up? Sure. But the Celtics? I mean, it's kind of absurd, but it's exactly what Kyrie wanted. And- this, kid is pr- this kid is probably 21 years old, right? You, turned just, yes. you just turned 21 when you're in right. junior in college. He's been tr- – now, I don't know anything about the kid outside of what Turtle Boy wrote, but – I'm just thinking of myself as a college kid who's been trapped at home or whatever. You haven't had to have any fun in college life. I'm going to a playoff game. I am getting so ridiculously drunk in normal experiences, let alone what I would be in this year. 
The kid is, I would assume he was intoxicated. And I don't think anybody should, like, he's a 21-year-old kid. He's a kid. And he's plastered all over Sports Center today. He's going to get the MAGA treatment, the January 6th treatment. He's going to get uh, over-sentenced, and nobody's going to defend him. Because- Does he get bounced from college? Uh, oh, that's a good well, question. Not a great look, not a great look for URI. I don't He's know. URI, um, but I, I don't know if he can. Can he? Why? Well, sure. I mean, it could do anything to him because well, no one's going to defend him. Plantation out of Rhode Island's name, uh, property. <laughs> <game, so. laughs> right, that's true. Right. There's, there's no underestimating. Uh, I'm sorry, overestimating the, the, uh, the price he will pay for this one stupid act. And again. People are mad at him for throwing the bottle, but uh, it's all he also took the attention away from what um, Kyrie Irving did. And and I saw the video, obviously, stomping on the logo is just stupid. But think about this. And it pissed off Kevin Garnett and Cedric Maxwell. And if it weren't for Cole Buckley, maybe we'd hear from a lot of other players. I'm not sure why the current players aren't as pissed off as Kevin Garnett, but Think of this, and I, I again, it's not, it didn't really physically hurt anyone to stop on a logo. You know, we remember Terrell Owens uh, doing the thing in uh, was that in Dallas. You know, on the logo. Yep. Um, here's here's why it pisses off someone like Garnett or, or Maxwell is because think of his mentality. Like he just won the game, won it easily, had a great game. You know, he won, and it wasn't enough. He had to go stomp on a logo, which is just symbolic. It doesn't hurt anybody. But going out of your way to, to to dump on a franchise that you played for and and that you just beat and beat badly, you have to be a real a hole, and he is, and that I think what upsets Garnett. He's going out of his way not just to talk about the fans and the whatever the, the racist fans, but to take a to 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 f- literally stomp on the logo to say I hate this place, I hate this this franchise. After winning the game, as in you know, in in a in a route, you think you would graciously say, "Well, I put these people in their place. I won the game. You know, I'm going to advance to the next round, and they're going home." You think that would be enough? But no, he has to go stomp on a logo. He is a punk, a, a and and that's a punk move. Wouldn't you agree? To do that? Oh, yeah. totally. I mean, I, there's no doubt he's an a hole. I mean, that's why I think he's cunning in this way because he thinks like he and Cole are not so different in a in a way, you know, I he thinks he thinks like an agitator. He thinks like a jerk. Yeah, but it's just like shit talking, right? Like who gives it? Who cares? If you hate the Celtics, you hate Boston, go stomp on the logo. It's not that big of a deal. Stop acting like you're it's just, by it's it's just a strange now. thing to think I'm going to do after this big win. You think you'd be enjoying the moment saying I kicked their ass. I mean, this is how, you know, this, I'm looking at the comments, the YouTube comments, uh, Colin, and there's a uh, Everett saying cold, Cole Buckley will be a hero in Boston. Everett, what? I mean, that's that's absurd. People, uh, a, they don't, they're not in favor of throwing things at players, and b, they know he did a huge favor for uh, Kyrie Irving. But and, no, and everybody is saying he did an asshole act, right? I don't know if he's an asshole in real life. I actually feel bad for the kid, to be honest, because his dad. Know, you see yourself. You see I, yourself. Yeah, I, I want to offer him the producer job if I can. can. You give me that. He lost his dad in February. He probably got blocked up drunk and threw something at a player. He's now like the number one story in the country. He's getting reamered for Christ's sake. Can we help the kid out? I uh, I, I feel bad for him too because he's at least two nights in jail. He's probably going to get more. 
And as Shattuck points out, the school is probably thinking of kicking him out. I mean, he's going to be shunned by, you know, his neighbors. It, it's never going to end because he's was identified by the other fans. You could see him getting handcuffed and taken away. Uh, I, I'm sure that moment, he's going to regret that moment forever because he's going to pay for it forever. And you're right. He lost his dad in February, according to uh, Turtle Boy, who you know, did the deep dive. And Turtle Boy points out that he got all this info because he wasn't able to deactivate his Facebook account because he was in jail, you know, <laughs> jail on a holiday weekend, at least two nights, probably more in jail. I would say he's going to pay a heavy, heavy price for a dumb, drunken, immature uh, act. Well, and, so and, and I don't care. I, mean, I Say I'm defending him if you want. A water bottle, really a dangerous weapon. I'm sorry. It, it, it can only do so. And he missed. He missed. But go but ahead. How, but what is how like John Henry is with Grossbeck? Are they going to do something performative? Are we going to have to give him a standing O, Kyrie, when he comes back? Or good question. Yeah, that's a good question because Adam Jones got a standing O after he made up a story about the fans. And again, and, and Turtle Boy asked this. I've asked it for, for years. What does it take for the teams to defend the fans. You know, when Kyrie Irving says they're racist, why is the team, why aren't the players, why aren't Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum defending the fans who worship them and cheer for them and love them and, and blow kisses at them every night? Why do you let Kyrie do this? You know, he's doing it just to uh, hurt the city. Why, do you, why don't you defend the city? Why don't you uh, 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 attack Kyrie? Why is it got to be Kevin Garnett and Cedric Maxwell? Why can't it be the current players, the current coach, the current owners? Why can't they defend the city, defend their own fans? Is it that difficult? Does it that take that much courage to defend fans when you know the opposing player is just doing it to get a charge out of people? Uh, it just seems like there should be more guys doing what Garnett and Maxwell did. But, you know, maybe they will. Maybe they will over time when they realize, you know, that, Kyrie doesn't really, he didn't really have to deal with any racism. He's just doing it because he hates Boston. I'm not sure why, but he made a lot of money here. You know, he had a chance here. His father played college basketball here. You know, he, it's not like uh, he got, you know, it's not like someone, you know, took a dump on his bed. Or, right. That would never happen. But, but also can't, isn't it a strategic advantage? advantage to have the crowd like roar in basketball to have the welcome to the jungle stuff happening yeah Isn't we saw it when they didn't have that it was terrible they, it was a huge right. and so and, where's, where's the player who's gonna like you were just saying where's the player who's gonna rally the crowd saying hey we, you know let's not let these people paint us as something that we are not you guys are the best fans in the game and we want to hear you you know do make uh, hay out of this some other people were saying that this is indicative I think it was Clay Travis was tweeting about this saying it's indicative of the relationship, the deterioration in the relationship between players and fans in the NBA because players, you know, took a knee and black lives matter and was written on the court and, and, and LeBron James, you know, targeted, uh, doxed a, a hero a cop, a number of things. And so players are, are you know, uneasy right now. I mean, uh, fans are, aren't, aren't happy with the players and this is just these, these outbursts, and again, there were four in a week players getting banned. Uh, and because of technology, we get to see them and we get to know them unlike the old days. And, and uh, it's, it's because the players resent, I mean, the fans resent the players 
in in the NBA, and this is just an outgrowth of that. Maybe it is. Maybe it's start of something new, but I don't think the risk reward. I don't think you get a lot the upside from throwing popcorn or a water bottle at a player. <laughs> you really get a lot out of that. I mean, is it really worth it? Yeah, if you get away with it, it's worth it. That's a great story to tell later in life. Why not? <laughs> but you get again. It's hard to get away with with all the cameras, uh, and you know the again. You're like January sixth. Uh, uh, riders they're coming for you you do this they're gonna uh, pull out all the stops and they're gonna look at all the all the angles and get all the facial recognition technology they're coming for you if you do this and and the, and they're gonna find you and they're gonna ban you and they're gonna dox you and uh we'll see how life is for young cole buckley going forward but uh and uh unfortunately his team his team uh didn't show as much fight as he did <laughs> <laughs> His team is going to go quietly, and Kyrie, uh, James Harden, and 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 uh, Kevin Durant together is just friggin', you know, impossible to stop. All three are so good and so, yeah, uh, good one on one. They just, I mean, they, they no one gets you know off the dribble by their guy like Harden, and Kyrie can do everything, and Durant is just this physical freak who can shoot from anywhere over anyone. When they're clicking, man, it's amazing that the Celtics won a game, to be honest with you. But yeah. anyway, a couple other things before we go. I want to ask you, Shattuck, on this. Uh, we get we heard the other day, I believe it was Thursday, they announced, and I was surprised, the replacement for uh, Rush Limbaugh. And uh, we mentioned uh, a few weeks ago that Dan Bongino was replacing Rush Limbaugh, and he is on 120 stations, something like that, around the country. He's doing the noon to three shot. And I think a lot of Rush Limbaugh fans will love Bongino, already do love Bongino. It made a lot of sense. This was a little weird. I like Buck Sexton. I like Clay Travis. I've been on Buck Sexton's show. He's been on this podcast. I like I like his stuff and been watching him and listening to him for a long time. And they're combining the two. And, and the name of the show is the Buck Sexton and Clay Travis show. A little long, a little long. I think I could have tightened that up and just called it the Buck and Clay show or whatever. But they are replacing Rush Limbaugh on a, in the uh, premier networks are carrying them on hundreds of stations. I think a lot more than are carrying um, carrying Dan Bongino. But it's a strange um, setup, wouldn't you agree? They're both kind of alpha dogs. They're both yep. conservatives, and they don't have a they don't have an established rapport. So it's not like they're old friends. And they have any shared experience. These guys are two huge egos who are going to have to, you know, work arm in arm here and learn on the job how to how to deal with each other. And, you know, if they disagree, how hard do they go at each other? Will they be natural and really go at each other? No, they're a good they're question. I, I have the same question because, hey, you're right. They seem like they're both alpha dogs. They're used to being solo for the most Alpha part dogs. they're yeah. pom they're pompous assholes is what they are that's what they just say what it is you can be like you can be entertaining and be a pompous asshole they come off like they're pompous assholes it's, well i'm trying to i'm trying to get buck on the show tomorrow so could you you know say sorry, buck, you're pompous asshole that's, and that's, and that's Gabe Conan, and he's already quit on me buck so you know don't <laughs> hold it against me but yeah. uh, i don't think i don't think buck sexton is a pompous asshole oh he yeah. absolutely comes off like a pretentious on asshole. the air oh absolutely but, uh, see, see but that's okay i mean well, you would think rush limbaugh was pompous right oh, well, that's actually, was pompous. i was going i was actually going to ask you guys cuz i didn't listen to too much rush i never thought 
I mean, if you obviously, if you're a conservative, you love Rush. If you're not, you don't. You hate him. But I never thought he came off like an arrogant sob. But I could be wrong. I didn't. I mean, he's into the you know talent on loan from God. He was the original you know kind of my brain tied behind my back. Or yeah, no, Rush was the I'm absolutely right on everything. Uh, but he did it in a fun, lovable way. So you know, you could disagree with him and still kind of find him fun. He was having a good time. But these two guys, yeah, no, I don't see where either both of them act like it's my way or the highway. Well, how do you do that now when the other guy diverges on an issue? How do you do it? I I think two things. Well, first of all, I think it's bold. It takes some guts to do this, and because whoever did it, if it doesn't work, they're going to look like the guy that put David Lee Roth after Howard Stern. I mean, they're going to look bad. It's going to look it's going to look like a big big blunder, and it'll give Bongino, uh, you know, a huge leg up if they, this thing fails in six months. Uh, I read, I think it was Travis who said they've been doing practice shows, which is interesting that the two. Soft launch. We love soft launch. Right, soft launch. Soft they do practice right. shows. They both have shows, and they're both busy, but they did practice shows, and uh, and I guess they got along. I, I don't know. The the two questions I have is, can you do it from separate locations and make and have the chemistry that you have to generate or create? And uh, will they fight? You know, will they fight? I mean, Shattuck just said he, he doesn't ever want to pull the troops out of Afghanistan. I said. That's stupid, and we, had, you know, had our little disagreement. Uh, we don't disagree much, but we we probably should. But I well, mean, I don't think it's a thing like like we like I like Colin. You know, we thought the battles we used to have on the radio, and I did it for years with with the numbers of people, and and uh, you know, generally that was good radio when you had fights, and it wasn't with liberals every time. It was with you know people who just disagreed on things. So they can fight. They can find reasons to fight. But will they? No, because Buck has his own tribe where he's King Dingley. And so does Clay Travis. And neither of them are going to want to look bad and lose any points in front of their own tribe. So they're going to have a problem. Clay Travis starts talking about global affairs. And Buck Sexton says, hey, I think you're wrong. And I was in the CSA. Well, that's a provocation, right? So Travis can't look bad. He's got to hit Buck. I, I just... I just think this is it's like a super group in in rock and roll that's just clunky. You know, these guys it's two different things and in what group. You, I think you're I think super group. I think you're pumping them up a little too much. I no, mean, no, their name. Not, there's not too many people left in talk radio. I mean, for talk radio, they are. Who do, I mean, Dennis Prager, I don't know who you'd add at this point. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know about Supergroup, but yeah, I, I Shattuck and I were texting about it yesterday. I think it's going to be a colossal flop. If it's not, I'd be shocked, absolutely yeah. shocked of that. I mean, Rush Limbaugh just went on the air and talked by himself for three hours a day, right? Now, and, this and you know what you couldn't picture? You couldn't picture someone being his partner. You couldn't say, no. oh, Rush Limbaugh, you know, let's stick him with Mark Levin. I mean, that would never work. I mean, there's some guys are just soloists, and right. you know, Lev, Levin is one, and and uh, obviously, Rush is one. I like the idea of having two guys and occasionally disagreeing or having like a good conversation, which is why, you know, we, we do that here. I mean, we have you, Shattuck, and it works. And, and, and sometimes we disagree, but we don't have to. The question is, will they be comfortable enough to say, geez, that's stupid. If someone says something stupid, will they do that? Will they go there? I mean, that would be the gutsy thing to do, and they'd have to ha both have the temperament and be able to take it and not have fragile egos about the thing. You know, you, you couldn't be afraid to lose. But also, I mean, that would be great if they could do that. That would be I would be surprised, though. 
But also, it's stuff like, you know, what are they going to talk? What if one guy's just freaking sick of talking about inflation for the third segment in a row and just, you know, checks out, essentially? You know, you know how, Jerry, you know how the the chemistry failings that could happen here. Then build. Yeah, and, but and they must have considered that and then done their practice shows and said, you know, we could do this. We can get along, but you don't want to get along too well. You don't want to just be there. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Buck. You're right, Clay. Um, I was talking to a guy who's uh, a friend of Bongino, big Bongino guy, uh, and he said, count, uh, count the seconds before Clay Travis starts uh, admitting or uh, telling the world that he voted for Obama twice because that's he's going to have to do that. And when you think about it, because they're going to need some dynamic there that's not where they're not on the same page with everything. And I guess Clay Travis does that on his show. He talks about how he used to, you know, support Obama. I mean, that's there's not a single person in Rush Limbaugh's vast audience of 600 stations who voted for Obama twice. <laughs> there just isn't. There's, you know, obviously the Rush was preaching to the choir. The Rush, you know, the Ditto heads hated Obama. If they know that this new host voted for Obama twice, are they going to be like, well, I'll give him a chance, or are they going to be like, screw him? Yeah, but also, Jerry, is he a is he a fraud? I mean, does he know anything about politics other than the Second Amendment and boobs? I mean, does does he have depth? <laughs> I've tried to listen um, to Travis a couple times, and he's just been talking sports. So I really can't get a feel for it. If I mean Buck Sexton on the issues is knowledgeable, and if, if you work in, if you work in radio, and unless you are contractually obligated to pick up this network premier networks and you chose buck sexton and clay travis over dan bongino you are dumber than cole buckley today you are literally the dumbest human being on the face of the planet well we'll see we will see i again i respect the, the risk here because you're right if it doesn't work in six months whoever did it is going to look like a fool i mean they're going to say what were you thinking those two guys again two alpha dogs guys agree on everything it doesn't work. And if it fails, that person's going to be out of a job and out of the business. But I'll be curious. I'll listen. I mean, I hear Bongino all the time. He's everywhere. I'll be listening when they start in a couple of weeks to hear if that is, if there is, you know, a, a disagreement, if there is a, a strange dynamic between the two. I'm curious, but will I be listening for, you know, six months, a year, two years from now? You know, who knows? We'll find out. Well, maybe. Maybe their chemistry will be so great it'll be like Shattuck and Callahan. Maybe it'll be that good, or or uh, Cullinane and uh, um, who does Cullinane have good chemistry with? Uh, everybody, everybody. I have great chemistry uh, with everybody. I'm a people I'm person. Just thinking of some of those morons you tweet with, you know, the the barstool uh, wrestling crowd. Oh, yeah, K Marco and uh, yeah, Marco. Yeah, but like Cullinane with K Marco or Cullinane with uh, who does that? I would have a good rapport with the chicks in the office girls. I definitely agree with you guys on that. Definitely. Yeah. You, you're going to get to meet um, uh, who's the, uh, who's her daddy? What's the one who stayed around, who stick around? Oh, Alex Cooper. I'm definitely part of the daddy, daddy gang. So I hope yeah, so. Right. You'll be, you'll fuck, be, fuck. You'll, yep. you'll be in those email chains with the uh, who's your daddy crew. But right now, Cullinane's focused on one thing, and that is spitting chiclets. Not the show that he's going to produce. He's focused on spitting chiclets because he's in a full-blown uh, state of hockey, uh, you know, euphoria. Oh, and he's yeah. focused on his team, which blew it in overtime last night, which, by the way, I watched a lot of Cullinane, and it was a great game. It was a great It game. was a riveting game for the last – for the third period and obviously the overtime. Have I ever made this observation? 
hockey playoffs are really different from regular season. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, not, not a lot of people point that out. So I appreciate Overtime that. in the playoffs is just so riveting. It, turns, was, it turns up a little bit. Turns I know up. it didn't work out. I know it didn't work out for, for your team the way you were hoping, but it was a great game. And I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch going forward. And we'll talk some hockey going forward, Kellen. I'll suggest that the goalie's standing on his head. They should put pudding in the net. That would no, don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. All right, Shattuck. That is uh Tom Shattuck from the Burn Barrel Podcast and his Substack. You had a couple of good sub stack since last we talked i can't remember them exactly but uh jerry as a matter of fact i think i'll do it on clay travis and buck sexton really? uh, well, now, i'm never going to get them on if you two both both you two guys are attacking buck i'm never going to get them on yeah, can you use a quote from from me can i get quoted in that sub stack i think since it's buck shows can i have freedom hut now yes you should they probably gonna retire the freedom hut he used to do or he, he does do like three hours by himself yeah, and, and like he'll have like sometimes have guests like me, but he'll have some days he'll have no guests. He'll just talk. That guy is used to being, you know, the main voice, and I think Travis is too. But you know what? They have, they know that they're not idiots. They're, they're they know they have to defer to the other guy occasionally. We'll see. I think it'll be interesting, and I'll be checking it out at least at the start. But anyway, Shattuck, I'm disappointed they didn't call you and me first, and. Uh, Oh, at least they didn't call me. On, on um, Newsmax, Jerry. Did they call you? Because they didn't call me. And you know that. Oh, remember Tom and Jerry? I like the billing too. Oh, that's right, Tom and Jerry. Yeah, yeah, fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reaching yeah. <laughs> out to the younger audience. We're was stealing this the, the title from cartoon from fifty years ago. Was this the chemistry that you were alluding to, Jerry? You yeah, guys are oh, seeing right now. It is electric. It really is. Tom and Jerry. You know, if you have, if you have to look that up, kids. It. <laughs> Been off the air for you know fifty years, but whatever. Anyway, thanks, Shattuck. We will talk to you yeah. again soon, and thanks to uh, DCU and uh, Shake Concrete and Allied Paving. Thanks to everyone for uh, listening and for watching on YouTube. A lot of comments there, uh, Colin. And have you been yep. keeping track? Keeping track of them. Go to CallanPodcast.com. It automatically subscribes you to the YouTube channel. So get in there. It was active today. It was a good one today. That Celtics story is uh, Cole Buckley is uh, he's public enemy number one right now, unfortunately. So yes, and I think uh, Everett is wrong. He's not a hero. He'll never be a hero. He's gonna have a. We'll, we'll we'll follow the story. We'll find out what happens in court today. We'll discuss it again tomorrow. Maybe we'll get Buck Sexton on, or maybe Cullinane just uh, ruined that plan. But. Uh, we will see. We will leave it there. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? You, no one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink. We play games. We have the song of the week. We have the creative curse word of the week. As long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first
immersed into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! If you're ready to lose weight, it's time to stop dieting and let Noom put psychology to work. Unlike restrictive crash diets, detox cleanses, or any of the other questionable weight loss fads on the market, Noom's award-winning program helps you form sustainable habits that last. With Noom, no food group is off-limits, and there's no complicated calorie counting either. Instead, Noom's cognitive behavioral approach helps you better understand and manage your relationship with food, one meal at a time. Whether your goal is to feel more energized, boost your mood, or finally lose those five pounds for good this time, Noom gives you the tools to make it happen. It takes just 10 minutes a day. And because Noom is tailored to your goals and based on leading evidence-based psychology and nutrition science, you always get the expert guidance and support you need to make lasting progress. Start building healthy habits today. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com balance. That's N-O-O-M dot balance. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. My dad used to say that. Sure, yeah, it's from Geico. Yeah, whenever I would ask my dad for life advice, he'd sit me down and say, son, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And look at me now, a well-adjusted adult with a drawer full of plastic bags I'll never use. (laughs) Okay, I'm confused. Was your dad a licensed Geico agent? Nah, he was just a real good dad. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.